0: Coming up, we went to Hallow Scream Orlando, and we're going to talk about how it compares to Halloween Horror Nights on this week's episode of the Diz Unplugged Universal Edition. hello everyone welcome to this week's episode of the dis unplugged universal edition i am your host the invisible man and today i am joined alongside by uh ghostbuster
1: hello yes i, can't, I, I just hit my head on the microphone before we started
0: that's all fine too i uh i'm also having issues uh now i am seriously i am your host craig williams If you are watching this, you understand why the audio probably sounds really muffled. And if you are listening, it is because I am wearing an invisible man costume that has cloth all around my face and including my mouth. So I am like talking through six layers of cloth and I will probably pass out at some point during this episode.
1: Hey, you know what though? This says 100% spooky.
0: Excellent, excellent. I just hope that uh, I just hope that we'll be able to make it through this very spooky episode because it is a good one. Uh, we get asked every single year, "Will you guys go and cover Hallow Scream in Tampa at Busch Gardens?" And we never have gone personally, but haven't gone for coverage. And then with the announcement that this year they were having Halloween Scream in Orlando. Uh, at SeaWorld, we got asked the question again, will you go and cover it? And, well, you know, obviously it is right before Halloween, so there's not a lot of time left for the event, but we were able to get out and actually cover the event. I didn't realize, also, when wearing this costume, that I committed to the head bit of it, but I didn't commit to the hands.
1: Oh, that's what <laughs> but, I, yeah, that's what I was like, why aren't you going to wear a jacket? <laughs> but, well,
0: I figured that with the jacket, I would just be too ridiculously hot. But I do have like the same like robe jacket that he wears, but yeah, uh, I went for the cheap commit on this one and I feel like I really failed us.
1: I'm just wearing a jacket. I mean, yeah, waist down. I'm just a regular person. I don't have my whole outfit on.
0: Fantastic. That is absolutely excellent. But yes, we did go to Hallowscream Orlando, so we are going to talk about it. Before we get started, we want to remind you this week's episode is brought to you by the Diz Unplugged Universal Edition. That makes no sense. What? We are the (laughs) Disumplugged Universal Edition. (laughs) I'm so hot. This week's episode is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel. If you like our content and you want to support us, please consider booking your next vacation through Dreams Unlimited Travel. It costs you no extra money and you get that world-class level of support from a Dreams Unlimited Travel agent. So head over to dreamsunlimitedtravel.com today for a free, no obligation quote. Now... Rhino, are you ready to talk about Hallow Scream Orlando? Yeah, I think so. Okay. So the first thing I have to say with this is this is not an official review. Uh, we were actually, I, I don't want to say we were invited by SeaWorld to come out and check out the event. Uh, we, we kind of were in a way. Their media department did reach out and asked if we were interested in going and so of course we took the chance to attend and they did give us free tickets to get into the event so i need to make that clear up front that we personally rhino and i paid no money to get into the event uh and so you know what take all of this worth a grain of salt not we're gonna try to talk more just about what happened at the event versus a review but ultimately you know, every now and then we're we're probably going to stumble up and give some some thoughts on that, but I just wanted to make that known right away that we did not have to pay for our tickets. This also wasn't a, a media event that happened at the start of Halloween Scream. Uh, we were just given free tickets later on. So because of it, uh, we we uh, you know we didn't have any video inside the houses because you're not allowed to film in their houses and. Even beyond that, uh, we went on a night that actually had a little bit of rain, so we weren't able to bring our cameras Mm -hmm. safely, so we couldn't even get the kind of footage that we normally would like to get in even scare zone areas and and such. And part of the reason why you you might say, oh, well, why didn't you just bring a backpack and put your cameras in there? Well, they actually don't allow backpacks for Hollow Scream, so that made it very complicated. Uh, We had to literally follow the rules that any other normal guest would do. So basically it couldn't fit in a fanny pack. It wasn't getting into the event.
1: Yep. That's true.
0: That is true. So Rhino, I'm going to have to ask you as we go along with this to uh, maybe help me because I don't have prescription contacts in or sunglasses. So I can't really see my phone to uh, talk about all the different things that we did experience at Hallow Scream Orlando, but you know what? I'm sure as heck going to try. So uh, first, I, I, I'm going to ask because this isn't a review type thing, but Rhino, did, what were your expectations at least going into Hallow Scream?
1: I don't think I actually had any really because I have never done. Um, I've never done the uh, the the Bush yeah. Gardens one, yes, or the Tampa one. Sorry, and um, so I I. I am not a fan of SeaWorld. Uh, I, or I'm not, not a fan. I, I should say this. I have not been to SeaWorld often is what I should say. I've been like twice. So I'm not familiar, um, and, uh, about how it all goes, like park layout or any of that stuff. So, um, as in I'm not an annual pass holder or anything like that. So this was only probably my third trip to this park ever. Um, so I, yeah, I literally was like, I have no idea what to expect from it. Um, you know, it's funny because since we've gone now, I've seen so many people, like friends and and stuff like that, that are following like Instagram posting photos of like having been there. And I'm like, where were all these photos ahead of time? So I had some sort of idea of what we were doing, like to be like, oh, oh, you went, why don't you give me a heads up? I don't know what to do, you know? So, um, but yeah, it's, I, I, no expectation really. Just, just kind of hoping for a good, good scare is all. Yeah.
0: Oh, no, I, I completely understand uh, your your thoughts in terms of that. And
1: I actually,
0: you know, I, I had, I, I guess I muted my expectations a little bit because I, I have done Tampa's. And, you know, we did not Scary Farm a couple years ago. Not that Knott's and Busch Gardens are connected in that way. Uh, but, you know, it's in terms of doing other haunted events in, inside theme parks that aren't universal, so, I I still, I had some level of expectation, but this is their first year of the event. They were only doing four houses and four scare zones and two shows. So, just like knowing that, going into it, I wasn't expecting the world out of it, because you have to start somewhere. Yeah. Granted, they were starting, I think, in a good place with having Bush Gardens Tampa just down the road doing Hollow Scream for many years, many, many years, uh, very successfully, and then... In Orlando, pulling uh, a former Halloween Horror Nights master, uh, Patrick Brayard, yeah. into the team to help with it. So they were definitely on the the right step to success. But I will admit, too, uh, SeaWorld is a very hard park to navigate
1: oh my gosh yeah i that, that i think that's what threw me the most is when we got in there about being like okay we're, we'll park over here because i think that's the entrance but there was like a prom or some sort of homecoming thing going on i guess it would be homecoming because it's the fall but uh and so we're like oh the entrance is way back here and then you you go in through here but then like sea world is not circular right it's, it's no, like it's, it's so zigzaggy yeah and so that was that was the part where we were like where are the houses? <laughs> like, where do we go? Um, you know, but I don't know. Maybe that added to the uh, to the atmosphere of being like a little bit of the nervousness of being like, I don't know where I'm going, but I'm trying to pretend to be confident enough that these people won't try and jump out and scare me.
0: Yeah, and so I think that's um, I-, I think that's another thing to point out too. So the four scare zones. That we have at Hallow Scream, Orlando, because I did mention that there are scare zones. The four ones they have are...
1: I I have them. uh, Thank you. I was going to say, it is... Sea of Souls. Deadly Ambush, Sea of Souls, Frozen Terror, and Witchcraft Bayou.
0: Yeah. And so, I guess what I wanted to say about these, in terms of... In terms of this compared to Halloween Horror Nights, uh, Halloween Horror Nights definitely goes more for the intricate props and setting the mood. And it's almost to the point now where Halloween Horror Nights sets up their scare zones as photo ops more than anything. uh, That's not what SeaWorld Orlando attempts to do with their scare zones. Their objective is, you know, they will have a little bit of props so you clearly understand what part you're in what part of the scare zone you're in like in the in the bayou one you know there was there was like a little shack that kind of felt like very pirates of the caribbean-esque and you know then there was there was all the the characters that were walking around they were dressed and themed to the the area very well in my opinion but the method of scaring is very different uh
1: yeah well it's like a universal because everything is so intricate. The thing about Universal is they carry through the kind of, um, the, the message of the park, which is like stepping into the movies, right? And yeah. so when you're there for Halloween horror nights, whether it's a scare zone or the house or whatever, you literally have that sensation of being like, you are in a fully fledged out story that is so complicated that there is a chance that if you went every night of the event that you might not even know the complete intricacies of the ins and outs of the thought process that went into it. And and like if you were to prop up a camera, I'd say in most places at Universal, you could literally be like, Here I am filming a movie. Almost um, like you could make it look it looks cinematic in a way. Whereas SeaWorld definitely it was more like it reminded me of like when I used to live in Massachusetts, like when you'd have um this the scare places that would show up there where you'd be like, Oh, that's really good, you know, for for this set or whatever. You know, it felt like that, like a little more Yes, we add the theme because we know people like a theme, but we want it – we also – our objective is to just, like, scare – like, yes. I couldn't pick out who was this character in – if that's what they even call them at SeaWorld, in any one of the scare zones. Like, it was a 50-50 shot. Like, some people I'd be like, that – You know, that person who's clearly dressed like they have blood on them and everything like that. That's a scary person. But there were so many times that we'd be walking and I'd be like, oh, this regular person right next to me. And it's just like turn and yell. And I'd be like, oh, my God, that that was that was a character, you know?
0: Oh, yeah. No. So and that's why it was easier in like the stuff like the Bayou one, because you could clearly tell. But the thing is their scare zones are so dark that you actually can't even see the people until they're like right up on you. You know, in some areas where there is some lighting, it works out a little bit better, but these are not well lit scare zones that allow you to take in the details because a lot of those aren't there. The main objective is to scare you. And that means you might even find people hiding in the bushes, dressed as bushes to scare you. And it is so effective and worked. And then the next time you pass through that section, you're like, "Okay, I know there's a person right there," but then they're not, and yeah. they have moved on to a different place. And so their their goal is to terrify you. And it is it is definitely different. And that's also why they added the thing where you could wear the the lanyard, so it that makes way sense they wouldn't now why the scare you. Would be lit up too, exactly. so you,
1: they could see it from a distance. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Not that we use that, but I understand why they have it, because in these scare zones, like, you really, really, really could be just flat-out terrified. And these performers, they are the type that will follow you in their zone, uh, but they want to get the scares out of you. So, I think think they're really effective at the way they scare. Again, very different from Halloween Horror Nights and the picture you painted, but still in terms of in terms of frightening i i think you know i think it's just it comes down to personal preference
1: it's much more unexpected Mm -hmm. i feel like whereas at university like oh i can see this scary thing coming toward me whereas here it's just like oh god like somebody's right here like
0: yeah no i i am all on board with that and i know all of us at one point in time going through the scare zones i think they got us multiple times to the point that we went to get a beer in the uh, yeah. section by by Mako, <laughs> well, I want to say, and you were terrified to go back out yeah. solely because you didn't want to get
1: it. And I had that was where the closest bathroom was, too. So it was like, but uh, you guys went on the ride. And I was standing out front with my friend Brandon and uh, I was like, I'll just lean like right here against this wall of seashells. Clearly, I'll be okay." And like literally as my brain finished that thought and I was I was holding my drink and I was I it it was I think I was holding your drink because you you went on the ride. And and it was like I she scared me so much. This person just like all of a sudden right behind me screamed and I was like, and I shook the drink out onto Brandon. and I felt terrible, (laughs) but she got me good.
0: She did. And in that mess, I lost some of my beer. Then I still haven't forgiven you for it, but I feel like I will probably learn Here, to at Here's some point.
1: the tip on the drinks before we get too far away from this, all right? Because when you first walk into the event, there is like a bar, like a setup bar that has... Yeah. I don't know. It feels like a strip club, but it is it, it's there. It's
0: like the know. Siren's Bar. Yes,
1: that's it. And so it's, you know, there's some dancers. I don't know why they're all women. Some should be men. I'm just saying. But anyway, the and they have like mixed drinks and there's a very limited number of beer there. If you go into the park a little bit further, um cuz cuz I prefer to have have beer at events like these, I think normally. I don't know. It depends on the mood. But they they have like drastically different selections at other ones, and the the one the one bar that was outside of like Mako and oh, water Infinity ride. Falls. Yes, Infinity yeah, Falls, Infinity like Falls. That. that that bar had a pretty nice selection of beers. There was like a cranberry Kringle beer. There was like uh, there was the uh, orange blossom. The two different versions of yeah. that. The 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 uh, that were like I don't know. That was good. I yeah. like I liked that there was more. Stuff at different places. Yeah,
0: it was well. First off, it was draft beer, which we prefer to bottle, yes. which you are finding at the other tents and areas. So it was draft beer. It was good local draft beers, and then you could also get all like the the event cocktails and specialty drinks. So it's not like you were completely out of luck if you if you did want uh, some of the stuff that you would find throughout the event, the specialty ones. And what was cool about that Infinity Falls one is that there was also like trapeze artists that were just above you while you were getting your drinks there were you know sometimes they would do like the I, i don't know the official names i mean they're aerialists so sometimes they would be holding on to the the piece of cloth or they'd be in the ring and it was like okay i'm being entertained while i'm getting a drink that is that's pretty wild so uh definitely something unique and we've mentioned mako and infinity falls now so I guess that's a good time to say too that uh, those are the two rides that were open for this event. I don't know if it if it's always that if it changes and and some of the other coasters are open and it was just kind of weird because half the park was you know being used by that weird prom homecoming type thing that was happening while we were there. But uh, those are the two attractions that that were open and we took advantage of riding mako not infinity falls their water raft ride we didn't want to get wet but uh it was my first time getting to ride mako and that uh, that did not unseat Velocicoaster coaster for me i think Velocicoaster coaster is still my favorite coaster in orlando but Mako is absolutely the second best one. And Rhino, I really wish you would have went on.
1: Uh, I don't. I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you had to hold the
0: beers and it yeah. was nighttime. Yeah. And that scares you.
1: Yeah, it was. It, it's kind of the if it's an outdoor role, it's like I got to see the track before I do it so I can like mentally prepare myself um i didn't i was just realizing too that the the bar that we had got in the sirens last call that i i should have mentioned that there were not just the regular bars but there were like themed bars that they had yeah. set up along the way um so that that was i think that was a nice touch i thought that was fun
0: yeah no absolutely was a nice touch and before we get to the houses i know that it's kind of saving the best for last but i do want to talk about the two shows you know a lot of people yeah uh, that love Universal, also love Halloween Horror Nights and the live entertainment that they have there, like this year, Halloween Nightmare Fuel. Uh, at at SeaWorld for Hallow Scream Orlando, the equivalent to that was called Monster Stomp. It, and It
1: was like Beetlejuice's Graveyard review. It, was, yeah. it, it reminded me of that. Or, or like um, that show, the Elvira show we had seen at... Uh, uh, not scary farm but the elvira shows different because it was it was freaking elvira so
0: yeah it was elvira there was there was her jugglies that were shaking around in circles she came out on a couch in a car at one point i, I rewatched uh, the show
1: on youtube recently too she does the backflip across the yeah. stage and then comes out and i was like whoa oh yeah
0: i uh, that, <laughs> and <laughs> that then they awesome toss the mannequin twitch. from yeah. person to
1: person <laughs> like that show was fantastic
0: it was such a ridiculous show uh it was it was so so good and you know Monster Stomp? It was weird. It was like it was a story about Jack the Ripper and the only reason I could tell what they were singing was because they were pop songs. Uh otherwise, I would have had no idea what was going on. The music mix was so loud yeah. in the theater that and everyone had a reverb on their voice, so it was just echoing all throughout. It was it was impossible. Impossible to hear what was going on. But you know what? I could still tell that the talent, uh, the talent, the performers in there were excellent at what they did. And there was this awesome drum sequence in the middle. With the knives? Yeah. Yeah. That was cool. And so there was definitely highlights to it. Uh, We made half of our group wait in line for like like uh, 25 minutes yeah yeah, a while whereas rhino and i walked up right at the last second and we grabbed our we grabbed our drinks and then went and sat down like five minutes before the show so i i was like oh for a five minute wait this was awesome i don't (laughs) know but you know in terms of in terms of having that entertainment for a little while because you're always afraid with any shows that oh i'm i'm taking away from houses and other things but uh, I, I definitely think they need to make some adjustments to this next year if they want to continue on. But yeah. it was a good, it was a good effort for a big show like that to start things off. And the M- other show, unless you have something else to say about it,
1: uh, I can wait till after we mention the other show. But I do have something to say about it. In say it Dan. No, well, I I didn't really, other than like the sci- the. I didn't catch, I don't think, the full aspect of the other show because I don't know that I would have even called it a show. But, like, the my thing with, like, okay, that, that bar, the siren song when you come in and, and the Monster Stomp show and, like, it feels to me like this event was designed by men. Like, yeah all heterosexual men. And I'm not trying to knock it in a bad way, but one of the things I love – about Universal is this weird shift it's almost had where it feels very like LGBTQ positive. Like it feels like there's a lot of like people who identify as queer, like who find this community at Halloween Horror Nights that kind of lets you be your weird self, you know, like because we're all weirdos and everything like that. And so like, I'm not calling queer people weird I'm because I myself am strange and unusual. But I just think that it's like I don't. This vibe to me felt like the other side of that coin. Like, yeah. it, there was a lot of over sexualization of only women, and I wish, and I'm not trying to be a pervert, but I'm just saying, like, I wish it had been done to men as well, and it would have felt like a little bit more of an even playing field. It didn't make me feel like necessarily uncomfortable or anything like that, but I was just, it was very noticeable. For me, but I'm always yeah. looking for stuff like that.
0: Yeah this this made me feel like the first time when I went to Halloween Horror Nights in Hollywood, it was like just all is, these. Is that when
1: you went with Sean? Yes. And uh, yeah, and I, I li- that was actually one of the first episodes of The Dis Unplugged I ever listened to, and I remember him talking about saying that it was a lot of like scantily clad women and and you know a lot of a lot of a lot of lady skin.
0: Yeah, I I don't know what that was. But (laughs) no, there was a lot of just women dancing around and like no men around. So I feel like I feel like that will change and adjust with time. But you're absolutely right. That was it was definitely more slanted towards women dancing around. Yes, yeah. They need to be fair to all audiences. I mean, I'm not saying out. I
1: didn't have a good time. I'm just saying it was noticeable yeah. to me and that I would hope, like, it would be... Switch- like, I wish there had been a male dancer in the siren song. Yeah. I know people, well, sirens are female. And I'm like, well, yeah, but,
0: you, and, know, but, you can I adjust.
1: Mean, it's 2021. We can adjust that.
0: With okay. that show, we had no idea what was going on. It just looked like a bunch of uh, just... sirens dancing around, yeah. and that was it.
1: Yeah, I don't know if there was more to it, and we just, like, missed it because we were getting in line for that last house or not, but yeah. I... We- yeah, I don't know.
0: Well, I, don't know. I mean, speaking of that, with the houses, uh, let's let's wrap things up with that because yeah. I think that's the big one. And uh, you know, only four houses compared to even Bush Gardens Tampa that has like nine houses at their event, and then obviously Halloween Horror Nights has ten houses. Uh, these houses are extremely similar to the ones at Bush Gardens Tampa. You know, I would they are heavily themed. I wouldn't say that they are under-themed. Um no. It's just yeah. different. It's they're very similar to Halloween Horror Nights in terms of how Halloween Horror Nights does their original houses. I don't know if it's a fair comparison this year considering a lot of the original houses at HHN are very story specific, uh whereas whereas um you know these houses are these houses are definitely more like wide open in the interpretation of the story and and you know the themes are set uh but it's not like it's not like they're trying to go at it with the same story that universal does and i don't mean that as an insult it's just i feel like it's the type of thing the more you do and the more houses you come up with, the more you're able to lean into that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, the thing is like, I'm looking back right now cause there was waters at uh, water's edge in captain's revenge beneath the ice and dead vines. And, you know, I, I don't know. I think, I, I think the like beneath the ice that, theming really came through being like oh i'm in like a research center it's very like it yeah. you know well, um, so
0: did the water's edge in and it's no surprise that yeah. we thought the two standout houses were water's edge in and beneath the ice
1: yeah and so and that was where i was like oh those those were cool like also what kind of threw me which which is very different from universal is like the actors are actually speaking like, yeah. the characters in the scare zones, if that's what they're called, and the, the people in the houses and everything are talking to you while you go through. And that was so weird to me because it wasn't, like, pre-recorded anything. I mean, there was, like, the music and the sound effects and stuff like that. But it wasn't that same way where, like, you know, the, the, the ones at, at Universal are kind of lip syncing or they make a sound or whatever. Yeah. At SeaWorld, they were, like – there was, like, the one person that was pacing back and forth in the cage that was just talking to themselves. And I was like, oh. This is I was like, it definitely gives it a different vibe.
0: Exactly. And they use a lot more props and stuff to scare you. They'll hit barrels. They'll they will use what they have on them to get the scares versus Universal, where as you said, it is really hit the foot pedal, trigger the light and sound, and then they scare you. Yeah. This is this is them using their voice, their their emotions almost to a point and any props they might have to try to scare you too and it's just i think some were done more effectively than others the the like we said and i again this is just from our experience that night we paid nothing but beneath the ice was our group's favorite house and the point of that one is no one has heard from base camp since it was my phone just literally decided to refresh it. No one's heard, heard from, from base camp <laughs> since it was
1: entombed in snow. You're here to find survivors, but you'll wish you had yeah,
0: And from there, our next favorite house was Water's Edge Inn, which was what began as an escape to a peaceful seaside hotel has turned into a terrifying struggle to find an escape from it. Hmm. I don't know if I said that, like... If I read that off properly.
1: Escape from it. (laughs) Yeah,
0: what began as an escape to a peaceful seaside hotel has turned into a terrifying struggle to find an escape from it. And it was it was very creepy. It had that seaside vibe to it. It had the hotel vibe running all the way through. It was very effective. Uh, even Captain's Revenge, when a cursed pirate has plotted your demise, perhaps you shouldn't go searching for him in the murky depths of his ship. You know, it was it was a pirate-themed house. It came clear. I think this one was also in Tampa at one point in time, because it felt very familiar mm-hmm. to a house I did there. Uh, and, you know, the pirate vibe, very easy to do. Um, yeah. And the only one that we just really did not connect with was Dead Vines, yeah. and This was there is no innocent garden stroll. You've just wandered into a terrifying realm of ravenous plants and hidden horrors, but with that, it felt very much like the Universal House from a couple years ago that was all about plants overtaking everything. And it's that wasn't our favorite house there, so I think that aesthetic just doesn't vibe with me.
1: Uh, what, I I will say this: we like I I get scared all the time, and I definitely uh, with me, Kylie, and then our friend Brandon's husband, Michael. Like we we're scared people who yell, and every house we definitely the three of us, yell, you, you know, got, oh, yeah, got taken by surprise. Even and I agree with your ranking though of the completely you know, yeah. the 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 hotel and the ice one had like the scariest parts.
0: And I will say, even I got scared in the last two houses. They got me at moments. So uh, if they are able to scare me, then that means they're doing, they're doing their job right. And uh, I, you know, I I think, I think the one thing that separates them from like Halloween Horror Nights is HHN always in the houses. They try to have that one big set piece as you're coming in to the houses to really establish the story. These ones just kind of thrust you in, but that's not a problem. That's not I, I don't think that's a problem at all. It's no. just a different style. And I will say too, we didn't get to start we were there until a night where it closed at one o'clock. We mm-hmm. didn't start on houses until ten thirty. I wanna Was it say. really that late? Yeah, it was really that late. Uh because we watched the show at ten o'clock and then before we'd even was done it, a house? Yeah. Are you
1: sure we didn't do the Vine House before that?
0: No, we did not. We did all four houses in a row and sirens in the middle of it. And we did all four houses uh, before the park closed. And it was, we went on a Saturday night. So it's not like it was.
1: I was worried about that. And it it, it was, I mean, there were people there. There was no question that there were people there. Yeah. But
0: we accomplished it waiting in regular lines, not without their, uh, we did it without using like their form of of a front of the line express pass. So that was, that was a nice benefit on it too. And, ultimately the last thing i have to say is the price you know it the price on like the night we went if you bought a ticket was around 75 dollars. Yeah. but the tickets for this event started at like 42 yeah compared and, to universal starting at i think
1: 65 is yeah and cheapest and you get an annual pass holder discount on the tickets too because yeah. i know Brandon michael are annual pass seahold uh, annual pass holders at SeaWorld and they got a pretty pretty good discount on their ticket i don't remember what it was but they also are in the tier where they get like 50 percent off of merchandise too well, which is 50% crazy
0: percent off merchandise and alcohol in those parks and oh i didn't know he got a discount not, on alcohol it was yeah there was a discount it wasn't 50 percent on alcohol but it was like i think 10 or 20% on alcohol. Yeah, oh, it
1: might've been like 10. I, I, now I, I feel like maybe he said that or something, yeah. but that, yeah, but that that's kind of like, well, good. Okay. That's nice for them. Yeah. You know?
0: So there are perks of it. If you're thinking about being a SeaWorld pass holder and then throwing on the event too, there's definitely, uh, there's definitely a lot to consider with that. But I, I think my big takeaway is I enjoyed, I enjoyed my night there and I yeah. will do it again next year. Happily paying for it as yeah. well too. I, I, It just, you know, we were going to go on our own and pay for it and just do it for fun, whether or not uh, anything happened with SeaWorld. But when they invited us, then it was a a no brainer. So uh, thank you to our friends at SeaWorld for inviting us out to check out the event. And I, I again, we did not pay for it, but. I would recommend it to well, anyone looking for something different in we, Orlando. Yeah,
1: we were literally walking out in the parking lot and we all, like, the second we got out of the gate, we're like, I definitely pay to go again next yep. season at least once. Yep. So I, you I'll know, probably, I don't, I don't, we'll see if the, how big the event grows to or something, yeah. you know, I, I'd be curious going even going as far down to go to Gardens, Bushgar- because I've never done the one that's down in Tampa. Yeah. So
0: if they, and you had the option to buy like the tickets where you could, Buy a one a ticket where you get both nights of the event included in it. Yeah, sorry, both events included, not the same night, obviously. But buy one ticket, get to go to Tampa and Orlando with yeah. it. So that's a good deal. They did offer, you know, multiple nights. I wish. I I'm glad I didn't do it this year, but next year if they add another house or two, absolutely. Yeah. I'll be I'll be getting that because I I would have went back again if we didn't just run out of time with it. I I really I really thought that for their first year that. They did something admirable.
1: Yeah, I I I'm, I look forward to see how it how it grows. Yeah.
0: Me too. But that's going to do it for this Halloween themed episode of Ooh. the Disunplugged Universal Edition. Like as if the past month hasn't been Halloween themed. Past two months haven't been Halloween themed, and it will continue
1: to be after this. Yes, after it the will. after Christmas, January first, Halloween. Well,
0: yeah, we we have to do our... Next week, we'll probably do our final HHN rankings and all and of that. And mine are
1: drastically different.
0: Mine are also drastically different. But we thought this was a nice little detour as a Halloween special to talk about the difference and compare Hallow Scream Orlando and Halloween Horror Nights. But... That's it for this week's episode. I really hope you enjoyed it. If you did and you're watching this on YouTube, please hit the thumbs up. Make sure you're subscribed to Fan, and then leave comments, questions, and video suggestions suggestions in the comment section below. I am struggling to talk and breathe right now. Uh, and if you are listening to this, please make sure you are subscribed wherever you listen. And if it's through Apple Podcasts, make sure you're leaving a five-star rating and review if you're enjoying the show. And if you want to support us further, you can always book your next vacation through Dreams Unlimited Travel. Get a free no-obligation quote today at dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. But that's it for me and Rhino today. Rhino, thank you so much for the conversation.
1: Hey, something, something Ghostbuster.
0: Yes, and (laughs) thank you so much to SeaWorld again. And more importantly, thank you so much to everyone out there for listening and watching. I truly hope you appreciated it. I hope you have a fun Halloween. Stay safe out there. And we will see you again real soon with another episode of the Disunplugged Universal Edition. But until remember until then remember still haven't changed the name.
1: Ooh.
0: Happy Halloween.